0: Welcome to The Complete Musician. Creativity at its core, exploring innovative musical ideas, thoughts, and techniques for the modern musician in today's society. With your hosts, James Nagus and Drew Phillips.
1: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Complete Musician Podcast. I'm Drew. And I'm James. And I feel like we've said this every time, but it has been a while since we've been here, but we are kickstarting this podcast again after two years of, I, honestly, the world doesn't even know what happened.
0: That's right. With one interruption for a holiday special, because you can't miss the holiday specials. We did not go an entire year
1: without posting. That needs to be noted. We, That's correct. we did not go 12 months. Nope. So
0: it was not, it was an annual posting at least. Mm-hmm. It wasn't completely idle, but we are back, and it is, although we often hesitate to say when these are being recorded, because then sometimes they get lost in the editing room, but it is the beginning of summer, whatever that means for you, so there, I guess there's a little wiggle room, but it is the beginning of summer break after the academic year, and uh, I think that's why we are kick-starting us back up, because we actually came up for air.
1: Yeah, and it's summer in different places in the world so if you're just starting winter now then we're very sorry that's but true. we are starting summer and
0: unless we are, it takes us half a year to get this edited and then, then we're we'll starting there. winter <laughs> i really hope not um i
1: think one of the things that we're thinking about now that it is summer and we have some time to breathe and to just relax is is taking time away from the horn Mm -hmm. which is not a terrible thing, is absolutely not a terrible thing. So do not feel guilty if you want to take, if you're a student and you want to take a little bit of time off or if you're a professional and you're like, concert season is over, I just need a break.
0: It's perfectly fine. I think the word burnout uh, was ever more prevalent in recent times and burnout in a number of things, but especially with horn playing, I think that can be very tricky because, of course, or any kind of whatever instrument you play It's our passion, but it's also our study or our job. And because without that separation, like usual uh, hobbies and jobs, if we get burned out, there goes everything. So you have to be really careful in terms of allowing yourself some distance. And as I say, I will wait until the uh, horn calls me back. And it always does. So, um, but what can be helpful is uh, coming up with things in the meantime to just stay engaged with music and uh, to continue learning and becoming the most complete musician you can be, even if you're not you know, buzzing the Franz Strauss Nocturno,
1: which I always love doing. Free Whenever buzzing. Whenever I'm driving anywhere, I free buzz. Every... <laughs> Is that pretty good? That was a good one. Oh, that's a good one. What I find funny about free buzzing, it's side tangent, is that everyone's <laughs> free buzz is always a little bit different. Like their natural free buzz, like no matter where you put it on the instrument, because mm. my natural free buzz, my is really really low, mm-hmm. but my trombone colleague at work, his is really high. But that's like not the buzz we use on the instrument. It's just right. You know, it's just like the actual buzzing. Uh, into the instrument but it's it's different i i think everyone's is a little bit naturally in a different octave no matter what you like put into the mouthpiece it's it's interesting because mine's super low i can buzz really really low i don't know yeah
0: i also didn't want to uh i have the pop filter on the microphone but i feel like a buzz would just obliterate the sound like a full blast
1: buzz (laughs) (laughs) oh so you were taking a little bit off there
0: oh i was taking a lot Uh, off yeah okay it it was was like a, a delicate bumblebee
1: my goal with free buzz is to sound like like a nail going into your forehead like right between your eyes like i want it to be that intense mm, that's, uh, that's my goal with a free buzz
0: that's that's a goal <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway we're not talking about free buzzing because that's no nope. uh, well that's certainly a way but that is we're thinking a way. primarily about ways that we can get better away from actually buzzing into the instrument if Mm -hmm. you're wanting to put it down and take a break. One of the things that I did with my students this year that technically they did use their instrument for these activities, but one of the things that we worked on a lot was transposition. What's that? Um transposition yeah that's when i drive home and i pull into the driveway next to my house and by the commutative property there's a home there and so i assume that home is mine now as opposed to the one that's next door so i'm transposing my home into this one and that's that's transposition
0: it's like some home share program you just slide to the left and they slide to the right mc like that music factory song or whatever but for houses Uh, The the
1: cha-cha slide, exactly right. It's the cha-cha slide for houses. Uh, That's that's transposition. Uh, So with transposition, I I mean, I don't think it needs explanation, but it's when, at least in our terms, music, when we play a different note from what's on the page based on the instrument key that you're playing in. And,
0: And of course, horns do it a lot more because we had to in the past because we didn't have valves right
1: and we maybe one day we'll have a whole history lecture on all of that but you could probably go look up a ton of
0: qualified people that could lecture on that what's the future though okay so you know you ever seen those like two dimensions into three dimensions three dimensions into four dimensions type of thing Mm -hmm. if we go from transposition into having all chromatic keys non-transposition what comes next what's the well, next level
1: didn't horn progress that way anyway like we went from no valves to like valves to that like omnitonic nightmare that didn't yeah, we go to that maybe okay so we went from what, no maybe valves... we'll go to a
0: quadruple horn or maybe I, horn. two i mean two bells people do that two mouthpieces two mouthpieces uh music two... that self-modulates
1: you, you have to play with two hands and grow a third to put in the bell <laughs>
0: that's it Maybe that's the next step. And it,
1: anyway, uh, transposition is something, yeah, we have to do it a lot. And so I teach trumpet, and the trumpets have to do it more so going into C, more so, especially if they don't own a C trumpet. And a lot of students coming in may not own their own C trumpet, so they go B flat to C uh, a lot. But one of the books that I found to be really useful for them is the Caffarelli book. It's like a 100 melodic transposition, something. It's a trumpet book, but I used it with the horn students as well. And going back to what we said about getting better at the instrument away from the horn, one of my steps in the process of learning the transposition of the exercise and the etude that they were doing is that they had to go through and sing and finger it and sing. Sometimes at first I made them sing just the note. Sometimes I made them just sing on a neutral note the letter name of the pitch that they're transposing to. Um, I went through this whole process with them, but that was a way that really helped them, especially if they came in and it was a particularly difficult etude and they're transposing to a distance that's further away than what is easy. Like the trumpet's going to E-trumpet or us going to D-horn or C-horn, something that's, you know, you, you can't just, oh, I'm just going down a step. It's mm-hmm. just further away, and to heck if any of us want to think in clefs like those crazy trombone people. I don't understand what in the world they do.
0: But I actually, I did have a student once that for transposition thought of every transposition as a different clef. No, this this was a uh, hard pass. Just a genius. Yeah, like, I understand it. Like I, but nope. No thanks. Nope. Hard pass. If you can on do that it, one, more power to you good, you can go somewhere else
1: and be with the rest of the crazy people. But for us normals, <laughs> we we think about, well, I guess there's a couple way we can think about transposition, and maybe that's a whole other episode is how transposition goes and ways to make that easier. But when the students brought in a particularly difficult one, I made them sing it through, finger it, and say the letter names. And after a while, it becomes muscle memory. You mm-hmm. really don't have to read the notes it's like when we transpose from you know our, our big excerpts in beethoven or brahms or whatever like if we think brahms 2 that b horn mess i, don't, I mean how often are we actually reading the notes and transposing it's not it's muscle memory we've done it so many times that
0: solo that lyrical ones so uh, yeah we know it we know the intervallic content so based on what pitch we're starting on we cannot do it that way I, yeah i right. would say that most people on that one specifically don't do it intervalically. you're right no it's like it's muscle
1: memory at that point and so getting the muscle memory by singing it and then actually saying the letter name of what they're fingering and what they're going to was really helpful and made for a lot more success when they actually tried to play it so if there's one thing you want to work on this summer and you don't really want to get out your instrument um transposition is always a fantastic skill to have i actually just wrote my my last horn call article about it i'm sure i came up with a clever title that i cannot recall off the top of my head but anyway
0: transposing and you
1: yeah something i just i cannot recall it and i don't feel like looking it up so
0: you can go on and transposing the new train spotting no that doesn't really work
1: uh, you can go and look it up about the importance of transposition especially if you've sat in an opera uh, which I, this has happened or a theater pit and they've said oh this aria is too high for the soprano take it down a half step and you watch the oboes Everyone. and the strings panic and the horns right. are like whatever yeah, that's fine <laughs> Damn, whatever. well oh
0: there's nothing like playing opera that if you want to cut your teeth on transposition you will come out of that opera you may you know collapse into a puddle the first rehearsal but you will come out of that experience a much better transposer
1: absolutely um Um,
0: let me ask you a question Uh, i can see how in kind of applied lessons this can be really good because you guide them in terms of pitch accountability especially especially yeah do you have any recommendations for people just by themselves in terms of maybe if i don't know if, if they're working on the transposition and singing do you maybe play the melody first, learn the melody, and then sing through it so you have an idea of what it sounds like, but with different note names? Or
1: yeah, you could do that. Another thing you could also do is practice your your oral skills of writing this down to help out in your oral skills classes that mm. that happen uh, that we all had to take because that's part of. What we had to do is dictation right so you could work on your transposition skill by listening to a melody um and then writing down what you think it is maybe playing on a fixed pitch instrument like piano or some kind of app and then transposing it from your written music uh, Mm -hmm. and then even writing down transposition it all correlates to that whole music theory oral skills train and helps in all of that that could be something that could be useful
0: you know, I'm just thinking in a way, what if I wonder if anyone's made exercises like this? That's uh, have you ever done cryptograms before? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, what if you had like a melody spelled out in pitch or a transposed pitch, and then the cryptogram per se is you have to write out the new letter names, so it would all be relative the same degree of transposition, but it's just from the pure instinct of. Okay, I'm transposing a fourth down. I a see C, a C, It's a G, and you just like go for speed in terms of pitch changing. I wonder if that might be interesting. I think, and we then had... if you had like a melody spelled out, like of course, is making me think of beginner, um, especially kind of road or Suzuki, like when you're going to the um, it, it, when you spell out actual words, like if you're yeah. going, I'm going to eat for breakfast. Uh, E G G, right? An egg that, um, thank you. You're I,
1: <laughs> I, uh, what you just described, I'm pretty sure we had to do in our last escape room. Pretty sure oh. we had to do like a cryptogram pitch puzzle, maybe at least in one of them. I feel like we've had to do something really similar.
0: Was it pitch related? I'm trying I to feel remember. Like we've, There's I've, definitely some cryptogram stuff in there.
1: Oh man, so difficult, but I think those are all suggestions that could be good to help with transposition if that's a skill that you want to increase and that is a really easy skill to increase over the summer because you don't need your instrument really i really i think about transposed excerpts and etudes there are a couple that are difficult i would say i mean i would say something like I don't know. Beethoven seven is definitely not the easiest that first horn part to transpose an a horn like that's high. Yeah, we get that. That's pretty tough. But a lot of our transposed stuff really isn't altogether too hard mm. because, mm-hmm. I mean, most of our, I, I would say a good portion of our transposed stuff is usually down a lot of times, right? We do have to go up like I just said, Beethoven seven, but Um, a lot of our other solos, uh, like the Brahms one we were just talking about or uh, in Brahms 2 or even Brahms 3, we go down. Beethoven, we go down a lot of times in Mm -hmm. in our big, big excerpts. So um, usually the problem with transposition is never the actual playing of the pitches. It's Mm -hmm. actually knowing what the pitch is. So Mm. if that's something that you really want to increase your skill out over the summer just the mental gymnastics of jumping through excerpts and etudes and trying to sing and finger along to all sorts of different transpositions you may never use could be a really good use of your time if you're taking time away from the instrument to keep you invested in the music making process and again increase your skill at music theory oral skills all sorts of things that could be a a really good um, a really good thing to spend your time on
0: what do you think about this for another exercise too? And <clears throat> of course, we're big proponents of music notation software. It's great. It's so easy to put something in, click a button, and boom, it's transposed. Mm. Um, not always enharmonically correctly, but anyway, <laughs> what if uh, we had, you, you took like, say, again, this is maybe horn-centric because well, I think that's the majority of our listeners. Um, you have a bunch of excerpts in different keys, and you just have the music for that and a, blank piece of staff paper and then you write those excerpts out in f and then what key it was originally in so if you're transposing into c or something just note that and then it's just like kind of like a game of telephone too then you take the excerpt away you check your work and then you write it transpose it back yeah and then see if you were accurate kind of translating or like when you put something into google translator into a random language, and then back into English and see... Right. Is it the same, or did something happen?
1: Yeah, that could be a really fun game. It's all about making it interesting for yourself, too, and increasing these skills. Because if it's something boring, then you're not going to want to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I feel like when I do notation software stuff, when I'm composing, I always have to play the transposition game anyway. Because Mm -hmm. I can't Mm -hmm. compose... I I can't write it. I'm curious about you. When I set up my piece, I have it displaying concert pitch the entire time until the very end. And I just kind of note in my head like, hmm, this might be really high for the instrument or this might be really low. But I don't actually see the pitches until I hit the transpose button. Interesting. At least that's what I do. I never leave it in like horn pitch when I'm writing for horn and piano because when I'm playing along with chords and making sure that, things like lie within the chord or lie where i want them to i like to see the actual sounding pitch as opposed to the transposed one but that's just me yeah so I, I think have to play i play that, that game that all the time
0: for everything but horn with horn i do just leave the horn part in f because then i can really just tell where it lies in the instrument and what might be awkward or not so i reduce my editing later but for other instruments if i'm doing band or orchestra or other brass oh yeah all concert absolutely it's so much easier because then you can i don't know i'm just I guess i'm not that smart just to keep all these different transpositions in my head (laughs) like i said if you transpose
1: by clef you can just go somewhere else because i don't understand how your brain works i don't i don't really care how your brain works that makes no sense to me and you trombone players are the weirdest people about that (laughs) so weird Uh,
0: yeah they have fun with that though um and probably hate it but anyway anyway so transposition that is something you could work on and Absolutely. that is a very valuable skill. And if you come back, if you're a student, you come back the next semester with the leg up on transposition, everything will get easier because mm-hmm. it relates to so many things. Um, what about you? So for my students, I think something that I feel like we don't do, and this is not just the students, but this is like all of us musicians. is just, we just don't listen as much. And, and I think it, I'm not blaming anyone because at the end of a very long day of, you know, music, we're surrounded by music. It's what we do. You don't always want to listen to music. In fact, sometimes you just want to sit in silence under a blanket, you know, and fall asleep <laughs> yeah. um, or watch a movie and yeah. not think about what the music's doing. But at the same time, listening to music is what really shapes us. And especially for those who are interested in composing and arranging, but even just anyone, to get sense of someone's phrasing or just all the musical aspects, um, listening is great. And the thing is, it's not, you can either be as passive or as active as you want it to be, you'll still gain something from it. And either you'll be doing traveling, maybe long car rides, bus rides, um, lots of lawn mowing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah certain pieces would maybe not be great if you were like mowing the lawn like you wouldn't want to listen to a very delicate string quartet you would no. probably miss some of it no um
1: uh, no m- early 20th century french none of that like no probably Lacy not a lot of minimalism music. no, 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 no. <laughs> it'd be pretty boring not or when i'm when i'm at the gym i'm not really gonna go listen to uh you know the most delicate of Chopin nocturnes
0: right although it was funny that does remind me Uh, I was playing pickleball the other day at a different court that was right next to a farmer's market yeah and the farmer's market had hired a pianist and I only assumed it was a live pianist because there was applause after a couple pieces but playing some just kind of jazzy or classical standards like there was a Rachmaninoff-esque Here Comes the Sun arrangement. There oh, was, wow. There was like a Chopin-esque version of a Zelda tune. Oh, but wow. Anyway, everything was just kind of muted and sleepy. And so I was thinking oh. this is like the classiest racquet sports arena ever because yeah. of just this music being played. And then, of course, someone put on some 70s and 80s rock and roll off their okay. little speaker okay, good. to drown out that pesky classical music. Ugh,
1: that pesky piano garbage
0: yeah um but anyway for listening like i said it's um it, it could be good especially if you feel like you know music that you want your students to listen to for a reason or just to stretch them either pieces that you feel they should know as part of their western european slash now we're expanding to everything else because there's a lot more music interesting music out there mm-hmm. but their general music education or things that are just music adjacent or just unique and i don't know just unconventional that can be good because uh there's so much music out there if you've ever experienced the youtube rabbit hole of just finding pieces and pieces and pieces it can be kind of crazy it's like there's so much where do i even begin Uh, so for instance i curated a a listening list for my students for this summer uh, with a theme of here's pieces that i just think you should know that are more within the classical realm and the next Mm. summer i think i'm going to um go beyond that but
1: yeah i was gonna say what so this summer is like classical i mean what other kinds of genres what kind of what else would you include if it wasn't classical especially as we're (laughs) thinking about getting better at the horn like yeah over the summer, like what will be include? Would you include T1 a brass? Would you include like... Well,
0: I would start from a position of here are things that I find interesting. Okay. And then I think from there, I would say for every uh, maybe for every list, I want you to respond with five pieces that you think I should listen to. And then I'm going to compile that and wow. use that for next time. Uh, but some of my non-classical music would be things like Progressive rock and roll, mm. film scores, video game music, Bulgarian brass band, um <laughs> Ella Fitzgerald, uh
1: I don't know, just movie music with Of course uh, yeah.
0: Um like some maybe some course. golden era film music like uh, uh, Waxman. Yes, oh you know about Waxman and his very uh high horn writing for Wagner Tuba too.
1: So uh, yeah. That's man, that piece is a nightmare. That ride of the Cossacks from is ter Terrace Bulba? Is that how you say it? T- I don't know. Charasba. T- I don't know. That we're playing that. Uh what's it? Oh, oh wait, we're not saying the day. We're playing that in a few days in a concert. And that's <laughs> that first horn part is a nightmare. It's so high and loud. It's just like so loud. But anyway, it's really cool because yeah. uh you're right, it's it's different horn writing. And yeah, Wagner tuba. Mm-hmm. Good thing I don't have a Wagner tuba.
0: They're little. they're quirky little instruments. Yeah. Uh, anyway,
1: um, yeah, that would be that would be really interesting. I do something similar during the year. I haven't done a listening list for them this summer. I'll send them out there like their A two packing and stuff to practice, but. I haven't done a, a listing thing during the summer, but during the year, each semester is divided up as to something they have to listen to every week. And I call it literature knowledge. Mm. And so it's specific mm-hmm. to both trumpet and horn. And so they have to come in. The first semester is, uh, I think, is solo literature because they just need to know the standards of the solo literature. Second yeah, we semester, definitely do that as well. Yep. Second semester is like orchestral literature. Third semester, I think, is chamber music. Fourth semester is like it's whatever uh, I think is important in their progression uh, in that. So I think that's really important because you're right with listening. There are times that you just want to like sit in silence. But uh, there are other times that it, it's really inspiring to hear different things because you start mm-hmm. forming a sound concept that can be influenced by exactly what you're listening to.
0: And that's my number one answer for a composer as well. When they have the question of what do you do when you have a block? Um, And, you know, I would say uh, actually a large portion of uh, my current studio are also composers, which is great. Uh, And so, you know, my whole line they use a lot is that who you are as a composer is a summation of your musical experience. So everything you've listened to can contribute to what you write or In terms of finding inspiration, like you said, you can find maybe a really cool rhythmic fragment or a singular chord that you can build something off of and, uh, you know, steal and use and and go from there. So always listening kind of tends to ignite the spark in some way. Or then you find interesting, like I said, if you're listening on YouTube, then you can go down that rabbit hole. There's so many um, different things you'll find, good (laughs) and bad. Yes, exactly. But yeah, so I'm having on this listening list, I'm having my students annotate it or like rank it from one to 10, whether they liked it. Because then if they really like like the Tabakova Concerto for Cello and Strings, then I will know some other pieces that I can share with them from that. If they really like the Granger in a Nutshell Suite, then I can say, well, okay, here's a bunch of other granger to listen to first but then we can go and listen to other folk song-esque pieces and or if they really hate um oh let's see what from my list would be sacrilege for them to hate (laughs) if they really hate
1: anything strauss
0: yeah the four last songs from from strauss oh then they can just disenroll from the studio they can just get out <laughs> they can go with those trombone players who transpose by cleft <laughs> that's right yeah they can go
1: Lie. what music do they listen to nickelback hey let's not hate too much on nickelback because when we were in the 90s in the early 2000s we jammed to that
0: <laughs> that's because there was nothing else it's <laughs> <laughs> because you only had like
1: 12 bucks and that was the cd you decided to buy <laughs> oh man cds for everyone listening CDs are circular objects that are shiny on one side. Yes, that the CD scratch, stands for circular, for circular drama.
0: <laughs> yes, <Right>? exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, you, you could say like uh, flip over for a monster to see a monster, and you flip it over, and it's a your reflection. surface. Yeah, um, or also people may know CDs as the large stockpile of discs that had AOL trials on them. That you use as Frisbees.
1: Oh, Frisbees. Well, that's yeah. the more common use for them now is Frisbees. and Or as Ninja Stars, just very not mm-hmm. sharp. Right. Although, yeah. a high enough velocity, watch out. Yeah. Yeah. It could be pretty dangerous. I don't know. I've never tried to actually throw a CD at a person.
0: Uh, they're not the most aerodynamic things. Yeah. I, I feel like it would wobble for that.
1: all over the place, and it'd be hard to, you know... Get them right where you want them. Yeah. If I'm aiming to, you know, for
0: a a least. That's the shot. thing. You can't throw an MP3 unless it was within, a, within an iPod. But then don't do that because the iPods are now discontinued. I know. That's... Well, who has an iPod? <laughs> I
1: The last iPod I had was one of those huge ones. This is such a sad story. I lost... The size of a MacBook. It, it was... I mean, it was pretty... It was like as big as my phone. And... Uh, i lost it on a trip to disney world no i know i think what happened is, is it I in think, the pirates ride no i mean <laughs> i didn't lose it as disney world i lost it in the trip to disney world Oh, okay it's that i think i stopped at a gas station and it fell out of the car and i didn't realize it
0: oh you didn't and hear I the think... earth shattering as it hit the ground because of the, no. how chunky it was no oh, wait no, that, so... that would be a zune a microsoft <laughs> zune <laughs> no kidding and I, I
1: looked all over for it and it just it never reappeared. Which is so sad. I had that oh. iPod for so
0: long. It was huge and so much music. But mm-hmm. and, and how much sad. of that music was ripped from uh Napster? how much of that music was ripped uh well, I and don't downloaded think we can from say. those file sharing sites that those kids I'm these Na- days don't even know about napster i actually napster i actually didn't use napster
1: i just got like cds from friends and just uh-huh. like give it to me for a day and then here you go you have it back and suddenly it's on your computer forever which is Oops. like the <laughs> most
0: awful copyrightable offense ever Right. And, of course, the way the iPod worked, too, because it wasn't an album, you would just have 10,000 different albums of one song. Oh, man. It's just... Oh, iPods. They were cool. Yeah, that little them. round wheel.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, you thought you were so cool when you... Oh, man, I remember people who still had the first generation iPods. Mm-hmm. And the, And you remember they also had the... Um, remember the, the Hit Clips when we were young? Remember those? No. They only played like 30 seconds of a song. It was like a little tiny cassette thing, and you put it into this thing, what? and it only played like 30 seconds of a song. Yeah, Hit Clips. It was like... That was like late 90s, I think, or Did early 2000s. Did you pay money for those? Oh, yeah.
0: For 30 seconds of a song?
1: I'm not kidding at all. I, I'm totally not hitting Hit, hit wow. Clips. I'm, I'm Googling it right now. Um, Oh, yeah. It was... No. It, they you had to buy money it was like or buy money you had to use money um some of them look like little like boom
0: boxes um was it there were one minute clips of a <laughs> of a teen pop hit was the speaker like
1: in the little boom box thing it was an earbud thing oh okay like, you had little, and you just walked around and listened to your one minute, and that was
0: it. No wonder kids, people our age, are damaged <laughs> listening to the
1: same song for a minute
0: and then on loop Just one repeat. part of it. Yeah, just yeah. one part.
1: And that was the only thing on the cartridge. And you had to trade it out. And wow. I'm like, why would people pay for a minute of a song? I like a chorus to a song, like, well mm-hmm. enough. But I don't want to listen to that chorus over and over and over. <laughs> That's, yeah. I'm, I've
0: never heard of those. I'll Look up it up. Hit Clips. Huh. I guess I was still, everything was pretty novel at that time. It's true. So, but anyway, so that's, yeah, listening and transposition. Two things you can do this summer and uh, that'll make you a better musician that does not involve your horn.
1: Yes. And definitely don't neglect your horn and get back to it because yes, horn playing is fun most of the time. Uh, even if and, and you know we've done episodes before on summer chops and how to get back into shape after you've mm-hmm. taken some time off but one of the biggest proponents or one of the biggest things i'm a proponent of when it comes to summer playing is that you should make sure your summer playing is enjoyable no yes. matter what you do because you you don't have the pressure of sc- or the not pressure but the what am I looking for? Like the drive of school to yeah motivation make you play yeah like to the make you, do that. you of don't your teacher or so yes. yeah your your teacher get grading you and you know playing with your colleagues and not wanting to embarrass yourself or you know that kind of thing you don't have the the motivation of school so what you're going to be doing in the summer it's hard to push yourself but. Make sure it is fun. And maybe we could do an episode on that. Maybe that's another thing we should do is like fun playing fun you can playing. do during yeah. the summer. That could be a good one since we're revitalizing the podcast. It's coming yeah. back.
0: And I, you know, we ha- I think we have talked, again, about some of these things. But I think just kind of rehashing and new putting new ideas would be a good idea because well, I'm right in the middle of that. I mean, I have my horns behind me. And well, that's another thing, too, is just like put the horn out somewhere where it's easy to just pick it up and play uh if it's in your case it's much harder to just get it out of the well, case well in your that. defense there's also like nine horns behind you well the, yeah of various <laughs> states of function well there's
1: like one good one and then like a couple of well one um, practical
0: one yes one practical one and the rest are and then three questionable ones and then a fourth <laughs> kazoo yeah
1: and a bunch of little toy pianos
0: yes yeah but that's that's a story from another time another time
1: anyway well we are definitely re- revitalizing the podcast and we will be back more frequently with you if you have topics you want us to talk about please let us know email us at our email that does still exist which is core motor horn <laughs> at gmail.com
0: or realistically uh, if you know us just dm us <laughs> yeah uh,
1: don't slide into our dms but just send a nice little respectful message and it will be, it will be honored uh-huh and, and should we
0: say plus uh, one singular emoji so that we know you listen to the podcast oh yes and which, send us an emoji,
1: emoji? yeah a oh, witch emoji yeah the one that the they. Code? oh i would say the one that they feel like represents the podcast
0: so the poop emoji as long <laughs> <laughs>
1: there's some weird new emojis out like there the are melting face one oh. and like the invisible one like yeah it, it's so like meh and I, it, i'm like what what do these represent? I don't understand. But you know how you st- when you st- still don't have some basics. Yeah, when you search for emojis, like each one has like a name that comes up with it, but I don't even know like what to search to find like Oh, I didn't know you could search. Um when you go for emojis oh, yeah, look like at that. Like when I type in melting, that's when the little melting face comes up. But I have no idea for like the little dotted line like invisible face. I have no yeah. idea what that emoji is. Like what does that mean? Does that mean vacant? Does that mean vacuous? Does that mean like
0: what what is what is that? I just typed dotted and that one came up.
1: Oh, dotted. That's that's yeah, an emotion. Like I forgot out. about that. No. Oh, what am I feeling today? Dotted. Oh. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, you can just I don't know. If you if you send us a message just you know, send your 3 Last used emojis. As long as it's not
1: like the middle finger one coming up, <laughs> yes. we don't know the frequency you no, use that. that but is, try not to send that, that one.
0: Just find some calm and some peace in your life. Uh, oh,
1: please, yes, go play a video game or something. Anyway, yeah.
0: Oh, we should. We should t- jump on the other podcast and talk about that. <laughs> We can totally do that. We have another podcast. It's Drew and James
1: talk about everything where it is not about music. It's about whatever Mm -hmm. we feel like talking about because it's a giant stream of consciousness. So go and listen to that if you want to. And it's been equally as dormant. Pretty much. But we're revitalizing (laughs) that one too. Yes. Yes. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. Email us if you have things you want us to talk about. Uh, We appreciate you listening and we will be back with more soon. Bye.